You're listening to the Close to Home Podcast, the lifestyle and real estate podcast centered in Seattle. I'm Brennan Klaus, and I'm a broker at Avenue Properties. Hello, and welcome to Close to Home. Today, I'm super excited to have my guest, Justin Reardon, here with me from Spade and Archer Design Agency. Hello, Justin, and Hi. welcome. How you doing, Brent? It's good to be here. Thank you for joining me. I'm super excited to chat with you today. Uh, first, why don't you give our listeners just a little intro about yourself and what you do and sort of your background in the design world. Fantastic. So uh, my name is Justin Reardon. Like you said, I'm the founder of Spade and Archer Design Agency which is a home staging company, the world's first guaranteed home stager. And uh, we have offices in Seattle, Portland, and Palm Springs. And a background on me, I have a Bachelor's of Architecture from the University of Hawaii, uh, practiced interior architecture for seven years, switched to construction management for five years, and then opened the company almost nine years ago. Cool. That's awesome. And you have quite an interesting background because you actually brought some of your expertise into home staging that not many home stagers, I would say, have. Yeah, I think I may be the world's most overqualified home stager. (laughs) 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 Like a degree in architecture, which is way overkill for putting couches inside the living room. But I think that it comes in really handy. I only did commercial architecture before I switched to home staging. And in commercial architecture, you just don't do things like missed deadlines. You don't ever go over budget. Like it's this is not okay in that industry. And so in nine years of business, we've never missed an installation date. We've never missed a deadline. And we've never run out of furniture. And so in an industry that can be a bit uh, hobbyist, we are kind of like uh, service centric, which is great. Yeah, 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 it's absolutely super important. Um, And especially in an industry where timelines are very detrimental, uh, you need someone on hand who is really great and can actually stick to those timelines. (laughs) It amazes me. Um, At least once a week, we get a phone call and somebody says, a real estate says to us, my home stager is supposed to stage the house tomorrow and they canceled. Can you help me? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. We're booked out two weeks. I just, I can't imagine canceling because when you cancel on a real estate agent, their whole listing gets thrown into chaos yeah. because then you have to get the photographer back in and they're booked out for two more weeks and yep. you have to get, you know, the sign person and it's just, it throws everything like just dominoes and how real estate agents can put up with that. I don't understand it. Like I, I'm like, how do you ever do another job again after you do that? Yeah. It's insane. And we can get more into that for sure. But I think a lot of people um, don't realize some of the hard timelines that go into selling a home and what you really have to get lined up for your client or your seller to make sure that their home's on the market at a specific date. So we'll get into that more, but why don't we start with first, for those that don't know, what is home staging and why is it so important? Interesting. So a lot of times we get asked by people, they say, can you come and just design my house because you have good taste? And I'm like, you know, I'm I'm sorry, I'm not an interior designer. And I think that people equate home staging to interior design a lot. And I think that's actually a, a huge mistake. It's a misnomer. We are more closely related to visual merchandisers. And a visual merchandiser is somebody like, if you walk into the Gap, they're the person who put the t-shirt on the mannequin and built the display that makes you want to buy those things. And so home staging, in in its very most basic definition, is visual merchandising for real estate. We're just making houses look pretty so that people want to buy them. And then what was the second half of your question? Oh, why is it so important? Why is it so important? (laughs) Let's talk about the gap again. Um, That blue t-shirt that is on the mannequin, um, and it's 20 bucks. There's that same exact blue t-shirt is also crumpled up in a ball on the floor of the changing room. 
and nobody wants to buy that one. There's a buyer, there is a buyer for that blue t-shirt, but that buyer is going to pick up that blue t-shirt, take it to the front and be like, hey, I found this on the ground, it has a spot on it, can I get this for 10 bucks instead of 20? And nobody wants to sell their house 50% off. If you want to sell your house at full price, you've got to make it look good. And that's what a visual merchandiser does. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, definitely back that statement. And we'll get into more like what you see in terms of the gap of home staging or visual merchandising. I like that you call it that. Between those homes that are staged and are not and how you see those performing in the market in terms of what they're selling for. So the next thing I want you to go into is you've kind of covered this, but can you illustrate an example for us of a home that would be staged versus one that's unstaged and sort of the differences people might see in those two contrasting images? Absolutely. For a home that is staged, um, particularly by Spade and Archer, our goal is to make it look like it is both aspirational and obtainable. So aspirational means that you walk in the house and you go, oh my gosh, this is really pretty. I would love to live here. And then obtainable means that in that same exact house that you thought is so pretty that you love to live in, you also say, oh my gosh, I could totally do this. This is totally possible for me. We equate good home staging is like women's gymnastics. If it looks difficult, you're doing it wrong. And so having your house look like a photo shoot of a magazine, it doesn't look livable. You can't actually relax in that space. So we're looking for somewhere between those two. A house that is not staged, there's a couple different versions of that. There's occupied and there's vacant. So a vacant house would be completely devoid of all furnishings. You walk in and you're like, gosh, I don't know if my bed can fit inside of this space because there's no bed in there. Or you're like, where the heck does the couch go so I could watch a TV? That doesn't seem to be a TV wall in here. Home staging answers those questions really fast. So that's one version. That's the vacant version. And then there's the occupied version where you walk in and you're, um, you know, let's say that the couple is recently divorced and half the family pictures are missing and all of his clothes are gone from the closet. And what ends up happening in a situation is that instead of feeling like a new homeowner, you feel like somebody else's guest and you're like investigating their life. You spend more time trying to piece together the puzzle of their life than you do trying to figure out what your life would be there. And so essentially what happens is that the sellers end up getting in the way of the buyers. Yeah, which is actually a real thing. I think both, both scenarios, vacant and occupied that you described, the home or the seller's decision is getting in the way of the buyer's ultimate choice and the ultimate price they're willing to pay it is kind of mind-boggling to me that agents let homes go onto the market without staging them or without coming in and doing something. There are obviously certain circumstances, but speaking from walking through homes with buyers, when they're vacant and there's no furniture in, we're literally getting out my tape measure and measuring where the bed would go and if it would actually fit. And it makes the room feel completely small. It makes them the home unimaginable for the buyer because they don't understand how they would live in the space. And it's just really sad actually for the client of whoever's selling the home. Like I said, there are probably special circumstances, but I think there's one really good reason not to stage. And what's that? The house is a teardown. Like you're literally selling that space for the lot. Somebody's going to rip it down and build like, you know, a big old Seattle box on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that's the only situation that I think you wouldn't be worthwhile the rest of the situations stage it. You're, yeah. you're giving immediate answers. Where's my bed go? Your bed goes right here. Right. How big of a bed can I fit in here? Oh, a king. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, yeah. not only that, let's just say you see five houses in a day and each house has 10 rooms, like bedrooms, bathrooms, living rooms, kitchens. That's 50 rooms you have to figure out in one day. 
Right. That's hard to do. That's a lot of information considering that your brain at any given time can hold four pieces of information at any given time, which is why a phone number is three digits, three digits, four digits. Yeah. Because AT&T did studies early on that you can't remember 10 numbers at the same time, let alone 50 different rooms. Yeah. And not even in a day for a buyer, it's like 20 minutes. You have 20 (laughs) minutes to walk through this house. Like, let's go. Yeah. Think about every single room as you walk through. Yeah. Figure it out. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll talk about that more about the psychology of buyers, but it's just so it's interesting to me that, um, people and sellers in general, like if you're hiring an agent who's not willing to help you stage your home or stage it for you, it's like, they're doing you a disservice really in the end, which is pretty sad, but moving on a little bit, (laughs) I mean, moving into buyer psychology, what do you think are some things sellers often overlook about the psychology a buyer has when they're walking into a home? Yeah, I think that the huge point is that I think probably the biggest problem with the real estate industry in the United States of America is that sellers see themselves as clients and they're not. Sellers aren't clients. They're small business owners. They have one product to sell. They're putting it on the shelf. And really when it comes down to it, the only client in the situation is the buyer. And all of us, the stager, the seller, the listing agent, the buyer's agent, we are all working together to get that seller to buy this house. And what happens in that situation is that the sellers get really emotional, they get really tied to the house, and they feel like everybody's here to serve me. I'm the one who's in charge of the show. And really what it comes down to is that you're employing all these people to sell your product. And the only person we should be thinking about during this entire process is the buyer. That's the number one thing that sellers forget about yeah. this process is that they're not the client. Yeah. And it's not just the psychology of a buyer walking through a space like I would go even further to say real estate in general is a psychological game for a buyer because it's not about just what the home looks like with staging or not, but it's also about the price and, you know, what are the options for neighborhood and, you know, what amenities are available to them? Are there specific things you think sellers overlook in terms of staging their home? Like, have you had pushback before from a seller where you had to come in and kind of say like, hey, Actually, the psychology of the buyer is different from your perspective right now for X, Y, and Z reason. What were some of those things? Every single day. So we had a situation yesterday. Um, yeah. So we'll just talk about like what's fresh in my mind. Yeah. Um, and we had a living room stage that had a piece of furniture. And I think it was like kind of like a chest of drawers in a niche and the seller didn't like it. They wanted us to put a bar cart in there with much alcohol on it. And um, we talked to them and we said, okay, we can certainly do that. However, we don't use alcohol on our home stage. And they're like, why don't you use alcohol? And believe me, home stagers love alcohol. Yeah. They love that two buck chuck. <laughs> we don't actually put any alcohol on our home stagings. And the reason why is because nobody's ever going to walk into your house and be like, oh my gosh, I drink should please. So do I, let's buy this house. But they could be in recovery. They could have grown up with alcoholic. They could be Mormon or Baptist or Seventh-day Adventist or Islamic. And they don't drink. And so when they walk into their new home for the first time and there's alcohol in it, they're raising an emotional reaction that is not based on the home itself. And so we are trying to make sure that as home stagers, we are not trying to upstage the star of the show. The star of the show is the house. We're, yeah. we're the backup dancers. And so like, if you're performing with Tina Turner, you have to be good. But you cannot be better than Miss Turner. Like you gotta like kind of go into the shadow a little bit. So our home staging cannot draw an emotional reaction from them. We're answering questions, we're showing the scale, the purpose, and we're adding light, and that's it. If we do any more than that, then we've overdone our job. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're trying to give them a, the buyer a positive emotional reaction. Yeah. Not, uh, not anything beyond that, I would we say. We did end up putting the bar cart in the house. Oh, you did? Okay. We did. And instead of putting alcohol on it, we put just plain, clear bottles, and that was it. Okay. And so it was it. reminiscent of what alcohol would be, but maybe it was like a, it was a tea cart, or it could have been right. a water cart, or yeah. something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like the, it reminds me a little bit about, like, the probably the most apparent example to people who haven't bought or sold in a while is, like, how a home smells. First of all, you don't want it to smell like air fresheners that you've plugged into the wall everywhere. And you also don't want it to smell like food or a dog or something like that. So having alcohol in a home is very similar to yeah. that, I think, for a lot of people who might be sensitive to that. Can we talk about baked cookies for a minute? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about it. <laughs> so every time I do an interview, the person who's interviewing me goes, yeah, you have to bake cookies before you put it on the market, right? And I'm like, no. <laughs> so here's the thing. Like, let's talk about January. People are looking at houses in January. I think... Like 90% of the people I know are on the whole 30 during January. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And if you walk into a house that has freshly baked cookies in it, all you want to do is like hang yourself and eat 50 cookies. Like right (laughs) freaking now. You feel terrible about yourself. You're like, oh my God, I'm so fat. This is terrible. And so our goal in our house is we want them to smell like nothing. We don't want any emotions raised by cookies. I used to tell this story. I would say, look, when I was 15, I worked at Mrs. Fields. Mm -hmm. And the smell of cookies makes me kind of nauseous and a little bit angry. I don't know how people are going to react to what smell. And so I want no smells at all. We live in Seattle, which is like the world's capital of chemical sensitivity. (laughs) Yeah. No smells. We want no smells. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Along similar lines, what do you think about having the dryer running? I've also heard that. Like, you need to have the dryer running. That one I've never heard before. I have heard, is it because of the noise or because of the Yeah, smell? it's, like, supposed to make people feel at home like they're doing their laundry. I would be like, why is it dryer running? <laughs> <laughs> we have had people, um, I had a client that wanted to run a slideshow on the TV of all of the flowers in bloom in the garden because it was in January and they were listening, so they wanted to show, like, the height of summer, like, this is what the flowers look like. And they had set the slideshow to, oh, who is that guy? Um, oh, it was Celine Dion. Oh, okay. Which is like, either you love Celine or like you freaking hate Celine. And so we're like raising all these emotional people and she want to like blast the music. And I'm like, no, 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 we cannot play this music. Or, oh, no, it wasn't. It was even better. It was Kenny G. Oh my, okay. I don't know, you would I'd rather shove a pen in my ear than listen to Kenny G. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was like, no, no, we really can't do that. No, um, Kenny G. It'll be okay. We can put some photographs out of what the yard looks like. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Yeah, I think that it's hard. You're, you're right. It's hard for a seller to get in the position where they can put themselves in the buyer's shoes because it has been their home. It's what they want. They want it, obviously, to sell for the the price that they want. And it's hard because they think everyone is probably just like them who's going to buy it. If I were to put my house in the market, which would be almost impossible because I'd have to hire a real real estate agent and then I would piss off like every single one of my clients. But if I were to ever put my house in the market, I would have somebody else come in and tell me what to do. I think I probably would have somebody else pose as a homeowner. I have one of my consultants come in and give a consultation because they've never seen my house. My living room is painted black. And every single time a guest walks into my home, they say, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. What is it, black? And I'm like, yeah, it's black. I'm like, is it navy blue? And they all say how much they love it. And the truth of the matter is, whether they like it or not, 
they would never tell me they don't because yeah. they don't, there's no benefit of them telling me that they hate my house. So of course all your friends tell you they love your house. Right. That's their job. Yeah. And so the, the home stager's job is to come in and be honest with you because quite frankly, they don't like you enough to lie to you. Yeah. So you have to get that honest feedback on your house and yeah. it doesn't matter what your friends say because they're never going to tell you the truth, whether they like it or not. So right. get yeah. over that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's your personal preference as long as you live in it. But yeah. when you're trying to appeal to the masses to bring buyers in, don't paint over in black. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't don't get in any black paint out. <laughs> so we've we've obviously kind of covered this a little bit, but tell us about what problems bad staging can cause, from prices to other errors. What what goes on? What have you heard about or experienced? Okay, so I think the the big elephant in the room when it comes to bad home staging is fakery. Um, home stagers love fake stuff. They love fake plants. They love blow up beds. They love fake TVs. Um, they love fake computers. The fake computer to me, it says you are stupid enough to believe that this is a real computer. And basically it starts off your relationship between the buyer and the seller with the seller lying to the buyer, like trying to fool you. Like that is not how I want to start a relationship with the biggest transaction of my lifetime. And so we don't do the, the fake computers for me. I actually put down a vintage typewriter. And to me, the vintage typewriter says, you're smart enough to know that nobody uses a typewriter, but this is where your computer would go. So now you're in on the joke with me. Um, if you're starting off a relationship in a mistrustful way, you are doing detriment to negotiation process later on down the road, just right off the bat right yeah. there. So we don't use anything fake, yeah. um, even though the staging industry loves fake stuff. I think that home staging can stop a sale dead in its tracks. One, you can overshadow the house. If the home staging is too perfect, like there's this huge trend in home staging right now to stage everything in white. Nobody lives like that. If you walk into an all white house, people feel uncomfortable, especially if they have kids. Yeah. And like, Jimmy, put your hands in your pockets. Don't touch anything in this house. You're uncomfortable the entire time. When you walk into a well-staged home, you will let your kids run free. We actually secretively place toys all throughout our home staging projects so that when kids are looking, they have something to do. You'll find slinkies on our project. You'll find bowls full of soldier toys. It's because looking at houses could not be more boring. And yeah. parents are stressed out. Their kids are freaking out. We give them something to do while they're in those houses. Every single house has a hidden Easter egg, a toy to play with somewhere. And people ask us, like, why do you guys do that? And we're like, just do an open house and wait for a kid to come and you'll find out why. <laughs> so, you know, I think if you can make that process as easy as possible, the better it is. Um, I think the other aspect of it, too, is that sometimes bad home staging, it's just, uh, it's like watching a train wreck. You just can't look away. And it becomes entertainment to walk in and see how bad the staging is. And I had a client who talked to me the other day, and she said, um, we were in this house the other day and they had this animal skin rug on the floor and we stood around the animal skin rug and we looked at it for about a half an hour and talked about it. We we're trying to figure out what kind of animal is it. And I said, how many bedrooms does the house have? And she goes, oh, I have no idea. Because she literally couldn't remember the house because all she was looking at was this murdered animal on the floor of this bedroom. So I think, you know, bad home staging is basically just home staging is not thoughtful. It's taking yeah. away from the house itself and it makes it so you don't remember the house. And ultimately the point here is you're not buying staging, you're buying a freaking house. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That staging is going to be moved out and you're going to, you're going to be left with an empty spot on the floor where that animal rug was. <laughs> <laughs> you have nothing to talk about with your guests who come over. <laughs> it's so true. And it's, 
it's hard for people to imagine that staging could go wrong, but it's the things, again, it's putting yourself in the buyer's shoes and understanding what they're going to experience. And I think you bring up a really good point with, with children. I've seen, you know, parents who take turns in the car because they, they don't want their children to come into the home, which is uh, completely understandable. But if it's an inviting space where they can come in, you know, you're not overshadowing the home with staging or uncomfortable objects. You're making it inviting to everyone. And then, like you said, not making it entertainment, just making it a visually pleasing, but people know what they're getting and they know, you know, the scale of a room and what they can find there, how they can lay it out instead of thinking about all that themselves. Exactly. Exactly. Moving on to your top three tips. So what, what would be your top three tips for sellers when they're staging a home? So number one, I think is hire a professional. And I wouldn't necessarily base your decision on price. You're looking at a price that is going to be, you know, somewhere between like 2% of your total sale price. This is like nothing in comparison to what you're about to make. Right. And so, you know, if there's a very small spread between the two stages, look in and hire the one that you think is going to do a better job. Both McDonald's and El Gaucho sell beef. Right. And McDonald's is going to win on price every single time. And if you are okay with the McDonald's of home staging, taking care of your most expensive investment of your entire lifetime, then by all means, hire McDonald's. But if you want somebody who's going to do an actually good job for you, the spread of difference in relation to the price of the house is negligible. Hire the one you think is going to do the better job. And quite honestly, sometimes the better stager is the less expensive one. Yeah, yeah. But you're going to have to make that call. Go look at their website. Check them out. Look at other projects they've done before. Like yeah. Be comfortable with the, with the aesthetic yeah. and make that decision. So one, I think, is hire the professional. Um, two, trust them. <laughs> I hate to say it, but let go of my ears. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, you, you have to trust them to do their job. A lot of times our clients come back afterwards and they're like, oh, well, I don't like this and I don't like that. And there's orange in this room and orange isn't my color. Of all the people in the world that are going to buy this house, you are not one of them. Right. You literally are the only person that we are not designing for. We're designing for everybody else. You made the decision. Stick with it. Number three, gosh, basically just remember that it's not about you. So it's pretty much the same thing as like hire somebody and trust them to do their job. Those are my top two tips in staging a house. <laughs> oh, and don't bake cookies. <laughs> <laughs> don't bake cookies. We'll stretch it to three. So hire a professional. Yeah. Hire someone that you think is going to do a good job. You know, look at price, but... Price is not always the t- determining factor is what you're saying. Trust whoever trust you them. hire, let them run with it. And then it's not about you, which also means trust them. And remember that you're the only person, you, the seller, the only person selling your home that the home is not going to be for. There you go. Everyone else it's for except for you, yep. unfortunately. Yep. It's funny because you brought up uh, something about how you need to be able to trust the home stager or hire a professional. And while price may not be the determining factor, I think a lot of times sellers do not think about how educated buyers are, especially in our market. They're not going through one or two homes. They're going through 40 to 50 homes and they are looking at every single one and they can tell when a home is staged. They can tell when it's staged well And they can tell if the seller has invested their time to make it look good and something that people would actually be attracted to. Yeah. And I think that sellers forget this because they're like, oh, of course, they're just going to come through ours like one weekend and ours will be the only one. But that's 
could not be closer to the truth. They're, they're so educated and they understand everything about the market because they're searching for a long time and they know everything that's going on in the market yeah. and they know how to spot a home that's well-staged. Yeah, and more than half of your buyers were sellers like six months ago. Right. They just went through the process. Yeah. They know exactly what you're going through and they can tell if you're, if you're doing a good job or not. Yeah. These are not like, you know, podunks off the fresh off the boat you know they, these folks they just didn't just fall off the term chuck right they know what the heck is going on and you're yeah. not fooling anybody with that blow up bed right like, you're just not yeah they're in it to win it if they're buying in this market <laughs> <laughs> so my last question for you is something that i'm asking every guest and i'm excited to hear your answer so what's your favorite room in your home and why Okay, so my favorite room in my house at the moment is our guest bedroom because it's the one that we most recently renovated. Okay, fair. <laughs> we are an all-boy family. It's me, my husband, and my son. And so our house tends to be very, very masculine. And in our guest bedroom, we did like a gay version of a lady's bourgeois. And so it's painted coral <laughs> my son it. was like it's pink i'm like no it's coral and he says what is coral and i said it's pink with orange undertones and he goes that is pink with pink undertones <laughs> so it has this beautiful four poster bed and it, it the sunlight streams in there it's the most pleasant napping space in the world we don't really have very much of a feminine influence in our house and so this is this one thing this one space that's like really different from the rest of our house it's super girly um, and if you want, I can send you pictures of it so you can post pictures of it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, 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 definitely. Um, it was cool because it was a, a newspaper article that was done on creating the perfect guest bedroom. And so we got to renovate my bedroom through the business. Oh. And so I get to reap the benefits of this cool story that was done. So. What, what was in the story? What did it say to do? So, like, our guest bedroom doesn't have a closet. Okay. Um, and that's on purpose because I don't want anybody to stay long enough in a <laughs> closet. <laughs> Leave your bags packed. <laughs> I think the house guests are like fish. After three days, they start to stink. Um, so, there are hooks on the walls. Um, it has a desk in it. We don't have a dresser, but we have a desk because most people need a place to set up their computer. There's a Wi-Fi code that's written in a picture frame and framed on the wall so that yeah. people know what the Wi-Fi code is. There are no drawers in the nightstands because drawers tend to be places where people forget things and leave them behind. So the mm. nightstands are just flat surfaces. There's charging stations in both of the lamps. So you can plug your iPhone into the lamp so you have something to charge off of. There's a, a little bowl on each nightstand. It's a place to put your wallet and keys. Yeah. Um, there's uh, always fresh water and two glasses in the guest bedroom because you travel all day and you're kind of thirsty. And there's a bench, which seems like really simple, but the bench is this great place to put your suitcase and unpack and have a place for your stuff. So it's a very, very small room, but it's very efficient. Yeah, it sounds nice. It sounds like a hotel I might, <laughs> it's I might be visiting. <laughs> Do you need a roommate? <laughs> totally. <laughs> Okay, thanks for that. So if sellers or real estate agents want to get in contact with you, what's the best way? And, and tell us um, anything else we should know about Spade and Archer. Cool. Excellent. Um, so I think the differentiator between Spade and Archer and other home stagers is that our work is guaranteed. If we don't sell your house, you don't pay us. It's pretty simple. You don't pay us up front. You actually pay out a closing. And so if there is no closing, we just don't get paid. That's our differentiator. Which um, is awesome. <laughs> it's very exciting. <laughs> if you want to uh, get a hold of us, the best way to do it is spade-archer.com. That's S-P-A-D-E, like a small garden tool, hyphen archer, A-R-C-H-R. 
A-R-C-H-E-R, like a bow and arrow.com. And there's a button on there that says book a consult. It's on every single page. It's this big, huge button. You click on that button. It takes you to the calendar. You pick a date and a time that works for you. Fill in the information and you're done. You're set and ready to go. Every single consultation is free. doesn't cost anything. So, Very easy. Yeah. I've done it before. Excellent. We like that. <laughs> <laughs> and anything else people should know? Any, do you want to contact you? Uh, you can, if you want to contact me, you can do that through the website. All of our phone numbers, everything are there. If you want to chat, I do a ton of speaking engagements um, at various offices and events around the country. And so you can always have us do for that. Or if you need home staging advice, let us know. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. And it's always great to talk to you. I think real estate agents encourage your sellers to stage their homes. Tired of going in homes that are unstaged where buyers cannot imagine where they're going to live. And sellers remember that unfortunately it's not about you when you're selling your home, but you'll get a better price and probably sell quicker if you keep that in mind and and hire the right staging professional and, and let them trust them. Brennan, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Close to Home podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple or wherever you find this podcast. If you'd like to contact me, Brennan Klaus, about any of your real estate needs, you can find me at 206-899-9101 or at brennanklaus.com. That's B-R-E-N-N-E-N-C-L-O-U-S-E dot com.